listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hello and welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have an interesting episode planned for you. It's going to be an advice column, so kind of like that you would read in a magazine or online, one of those agony art style ones where they're like, dear Alex, I'm struggling with this, help me, what should I do? I'm just really excited. I'm basically going to be reading a few people's questions and queries and concerns and and share some of that wisdom with you and some of these things might apply. So I really hope you enjoy this unique episode that I've planned for this week. Let's get started. This first one is by one of a million, they call themselves, and this is what they had to ask me. Dear Alex, I make products for my own kids who are in pre-K, an extremely oversaturated market. What is your advice for someone whose specialty is in a saturated market? I think this is a really good question and oh my goodness, I can relate so much to this because a lot of my resources are actually kindergarten, first grade, early elementary and it is really quite competitive and saturated. And I sometimes do get quite envious of people that do like high school or whatever because they have a slightly smaller market and I'm very jealous. Now, let's talk about though what you can do to thrive in this kind of situation because it is genuinely quite tricky. I think my main tip for this is that the one thing that's going to create success for you if you are in a really competitive space is you are going to need to be very, very original, very unique and one of a kind. And what I mean by that is that when the competition is strong and everybody else is in the same market as you, you have to stand out. You have to be really special and different from the pack and that is going to be the only way to thrive. An example of this would be, for example, say you made literacy resources and you've had a lot of phonics kind of stuff and you were making like phonics flashcards and everybody was making phonics flashcards and you went on TBT and searched and you could just see there's just hundreds of sellers doing them. Everybody's got the exact same product. And I'm not saying there'd be no point in making that product, but this would be my two suggestions would be one to either be really mindful of what products you make so that you're not making something that everyone else has already done. Like you go into it with a really original, truly unique ideas, things that no one else is doing. Or if you are going to do something that everyone else is doing, you're going to have to make it really, really different. I think that's that's just my view. I think that's the only way it's going to be to stand out from everyone else is to not be doing the same thing. So that first part I mentioned about creating unique products, it's just going to require a lot more originality. You just easy in certain niches where you can just make whatever you feel like making or whatever your students need but in those kind of situations where it's a bit more competitive you can't just kind of make what everyone else is making you might have to kind of think well what is a product that hasn't been made a lot what is something that no one else is doing what's something that's a lot harder to make and people aren't really getting around to doing it and maybe I'll make the effort to make that and yeah and like that second thing I mentioned if you are going to sometimes you just have to make a product that has been made before and there's no way to avoid that but if you are going to do it how can you make your special and different and unique and stand out how can you make it bigger and better value 
and just doesn't look the same as everyone else's. Maybe it has more to it. Um, I think that's probably the best piece of advice I could give is providing more. Everybody else is offering 20 pages and they all look pretty similar and you have a product that's double the size and it's really uniquely laid out and it looks different to everyone else's and you offer differentiation and all these different kind of options and you kind of make yours bigger and better. That would be the only tip that I could say might really, really help. I think this is probably a really great question because even if you're not in a super saturated niche, I think just that, oh my goodness, what do I do when everyone else is already making these products? How do I stand out? And yeah, it's not easy. It's easier said than done, I suppose. But being as original as possible is the only way I think that you're going to be able to thrive. And the final thing I want to add for this one, I think, is that if you are in a really competitive area in your business, you are going to have to work a little bit harder to find your audience. So you might not be able to rely on Teachers Pay Teachers search algorithm to just hope that you rank well. Because like I said, if everybody else is making the same products and it's really competitive and there are just tens and tens of thousands of results for the same product, how are you going to stand out if people can't find you? How are you going to make sales if people can't find you because you're just lost in a sea of resources? And I think this would be where you would need to be putting a bit more time and effort than the average seller into your marketing. You might need to really create a strong Instagram or Pinterest presence or have a really thriving blog or email list or maybe some long form content like YouTube or a podcast or viral TikTok, whatever. This would be the case where you might have to market more than everyone else because you've got to drive your own traffic there. So something to think about. The next one we have is a nice quick and easy one because the anonymous person said, I have a lot of one-time customers. What suggestions do you have to keep them coming back to purchase again? I'm actually going to answer this question just by saying definitely check out my previous episode of the podcast where I talk about product lines. So basically where you have lots of similar products that are all kind of connected and ultimately end up in bundles. Product lines are probably one of the best ways you will get repeat buyers because if you just have a one-off product, like let's just say you have a PowerPoint and it has like some lesson plans with it. It's just a complete standalone one-off product. Once someone buys that from you, they may love it, but they may just never come back and buy it from you again. But if you had PowerPoints and lesson plans for loads of different standards and topics and grade levels and subjects and themes and holidays and everything, someone might come back to you over and over again because they liked that PowerPoint and those lesson plans and they want to go and buy the Valentine's Day one and they want to buy the edition one and they'll just keep coming back to you. So product lines would be the way to get repeat buyers. So the next one, dear Alex, I'm thinking of starting a blog, but not sure where to start. Would love any recommendations. This one's from Sophia. And I think that's a great question. If you are thinking about starting a blog, my suggestion would be to first maybe start for free, just especially if you are a newer seller or you're not ready to invest. I first started with a free WordPress blog very, very easy to set up. It wasn't very fancy. I didn't worry about making it look pretty. I just kind of dipped my toes in a little bit to get myself used to the idea. And that way I could focus just strictly on writing blog posts and learning a bit about SEO and kind of getting myself out there without being bogged down by the tech. Because remember, at the end of the day, if you want to blog, you want to literally be writing and you want to be getting traffic to your store. But unfortunately, the thing that comes with blogging is obviously the technology. And unfortunately, that can be our downfall. And I don't know if Deanna's listening to this or not, but I have 
a TPT friend in the group called Deanna. And she is someone that I've seen so many times mentioned. She kind of got lost in making a blog and just spent hours and hours and hours of her time trying to figure it out. And I don't think she's the only one. Loads of sellers fall into that trap, you know, trying to learn how to build their own websites. And I don't know, a few weeks later, hours and hours of time and tearing their hair out. They're just like, why did I start this? So my tip, yeah, to start with something free and basic and to not worry about making it look pretty and fancy and just to get used to writing. And then when you're feeling comfortable with that and when you have more time on your hands and you're in the right headspace, you could consider going the fancy route, you know, of getting yourself a domain and hosting and a proper website and down the line you can do what I ended up doing where I ultimately hired someone to create my website for me and I hired someone called Christy Foltz and she was amazing and she'd offer something that I felt was a bit more affordable than some of the other local sort of TPT website designers and then she created a full website for me but I'm so happy with the way I did it and the way I started off simple and so my final thing I wanted to add yeah don't worry about too much about the tech keep it simple just sit at your computer and write and make sure when you're thinking of blogging ideas that you're thinking of problems that a teacher has that you could solve. You know, they're struggling with teaching math centers and you're going to teach them how to do it. But also think about making sure that it drives traffic to your store and that you are writing posts where you can upsell some of your products in there. So really think about your products as you're writing and as you're planning out your blog posts so that they have a purpose. And then yes, like I mentioned already, a little bit of SEO research wouldn't hurt as well. Learning a little bit about keywords so that what you're writing eventually actually gets seen. And then finally, I think when it comes to blogging is people aren't really just going to find you through Google, not very easily. So you definitely want to make sure you have some kind of thriving Instagram or Facebook, or in my opinion, definitely Pinterest, so that you can get people to your blog. An email list works too, but you definitely want to have some way to get people to read those posts. For me, I get quite a lot of traffic nowadays from my blog and it comes to TBT and I actually make sales, but I know that they came from Pinterest. I know that I made pins for those blog posts. So it's all just like a bit of a, a funnel really. But yeah, that is my tip for you, Sophia. I hope that helps you with getting started. And if you are at the point, Sophia, where you're thinking about the more serious stuff, I'll just let you know you will definitely need a domain and a host. I use GoDaddy and SiteGround at the moment and the domain has obviously the www dot kind of thing and and the host hosts my website and I still use WordPress but I have the proper dot com. I used to have WordPress.com now I have the proper WordPress.org website. But yeah, blogging and all that can be really tech focused and I'm not a super techie person and most of us aren't so don't let that hold you back. Let's take a look at the next one. Dear Alex, I have been making some slow and steady progress in my TPT store for the last year. As my TPT sales continue to increase, I've noticed my social media accounts like Instagram, Pinterest, etc. have come to a standstill with no growth in followers slash views. It seems like nothing I do to try and increase my audience and engagement is working. A few things I've done is I started using Reels more, I improved my product photography and added a few video pins on Pinterest. I'd love to continue to grow on these platforms along with increasing my sales to expand my audience and hopefully customers. Do you have any tips on how to grow my audience? Sincerely, stuck in a rut on social media. I think this is a great question. My first tip would actually be first to focus on one thing, which is something I talk about a lot on the podcast. I've done many episodes about not taking on too many things. And by having both an Instagram and a Pinterest and possibly even more things, 
it's hard to thrive at any of them because not only are you trying to manage TPT right now and your sales there, you're trying to also grow multiple social media and marketing platforms by the sound of it. And so none of them are particularly thriving because you don't really have the time or energy to focus on them. So my first tip is actually, I think that you should just go and pick one that you want to grow and say like, hey, I'm going to grow my Instagram for 2022 and let that be the one thing you do so you can throw yourself into it. Next, I would find some way to learn more about it, whether that's finding people that you can follow, read blogs, listen to podcasts and like listen to their tips and learn specifically about that platform. So find yourself some gurus that are in that area. Learn everything you can. You know, you can do that for free, but you could also sign up for courses or coaching or memberships to learn more too. But if you make this a goal in your business, I'm going to master one of these platforms this year, you would want to invest that time and money into that one thing. And I think that'd be much better than trying to do too many. And then yeah, do the things like you've already mentioned, you're doing things like reels and product photography, focusing on those things, but just on one place. So for example, if you chose Pinterest as your thing, yes, you would keep going with the product photography, but you might also learn a bit more about SEO and you could do more research there. I mean, I really do think my biggest tip for you is probably just to scale back because in doing so, you'll have more time to learn everything you want to learn about these platforms. The truth is that knowledge is power. And if you kind of don't really understand how the algorithms work, or you don't really understand SEO, you don't really understand how these marketing platforms work, it's very hard to thrive at them. For things like Instagram and social media, my tips would probably be that you really do need to have a niche and you need to be an expert in something and you need to really build relationships on there and provide value. But if it's something like Pinterest, you really just want to focus on your graphic design. Like I said, probably trying too many things at once and I think just picking one will make the biggest difference. I fall into this trap all the time and I say I want to grow one of these platforms but deep down I know I'm not putting the time and energy in because I'm trying to do too many platforms. So scaling back is probably the best tip I have for you and I think that way if you can focus your attention there you'll be able to grow your audience there a little bit better but yeah definitely learn more about the platform invest that time and money into it and try your best but also just be patient because it takes time to grow these things and don't expect in your first year or so that it's going to be anything amazing or wow worthy just keep trying So that's a couple of the questions that I've had submitted for the advice column. The good news is I did have a few more submitted as well, but I actually want to break up this podcast into two parts so that they become nice, short and sweet episodes that you can absorb like on your drive to work. I don't want them to become like big 30, 45 minute long episodes. So this is part one of the advice column episode and I'm excited. Next week, I'm going to share part two with you and answer the remaining questions that I got. I hope that you have enjoyed this style though. I'm hoping that you enjoyed having a bit of variety on the episode, a few different topics, and also just hearing a little bit about the struggles that other people are having, and I'm sure you can relate. But yeah, I definitely hope you enjoy this style of episode. Before I go, I just want to leave a reminder, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast or subscribe to my weekly email newsletter so you are notified when the next episode comes out. I do obviously post about the podcast on Instagram and my Facebook group and stuff, but I know that you probably might not always see all those posts. So definitely if you can subscribe in some way, I'm sure that will help you. That way you won't miss an episode when they come out. I will put a link in the show notes to sign up to my email newsletter. I send that one weekly email and I usually kind of remind you about the latest podcast episode and give a few tips. So yeah, I'll put a link for that, but have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. 
If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.